So here we are. I thought so much about what story I wanted to use for my last Sunday with you. I had lots of good ideas, or so I thought, and there are some very standard goodbye scripture texts. By the way, this is not one of them. But then, of course, at 2 a.m. one night, I woke up with a bolt and I realized that we needed to visit the Easter story again. Now, I did take some ribbing from the Wednesday Bible study group who might have accused me of time travel backwards, but so be it. You may have already figured out the connection, right? The Easter story is about new life. And you are all sitting here poised for a new life for the next chapter at PCWS. The Easter story is, of course, about resurrection that follows death. You cannot resurrect if you haven't died yet, right? But in reality, the Easter story has so much meaning for our everyday lives. And as a pastor, we don't often get to unpack those other meanings. Because on Easter Sunday, folks come and they want to hear the miracle. They want to hear that Mary has mistaken the risen Christ for a gardener. They want to hear the Hollywood version of the earthquake and the walking dead making their way through the town. They want to hear the angel ask, why do you look for the living among the dead? They want to hear the big promise. And while I love all of those elements of the Easter story, I realized a long, long time ago that this story holds so much more meaning for our everyday lives in the here and now. This story is the pattern of life, of nature, of the world around us. The leaves die and fall off the trees in the fall, and the whole forest looks dead to the untrained eye. Yet in spring, green buds burst forth on the tiny tree branches and new life sprouts everywhere. The yucky, mucky, decaying forest floor looks dead, useless, finished, done. And yet it is exactly that mucky, decaying floor that is necessary to feed and fuel the new life that will blossom in the spring. Nothing that has supposedly died and fallen to the ground goes unused. All of what was once alive and lush and growing will decompose to provide the nutrients needed in the next cycle of life. It is the Easter story of new life following death. But of course, this pattern is true in our lives as well, our lives, not just nature, some crisis hits, some huge loss, a death of something or someone so important to us, and we crash. We think it's the end. We think we will never recover. And then surprisingly, somewhere down the road, we look back on that crisis and we see it as the gift we never expected or asked for. We see the new life we are living that we never could have imagined in that old life, the life pre-loss. And we realize without the loss, we would never have the gain. We all have these resurrection stories in our lives. We have all experienced a new life that was possible only through the letting go of something. But there's something else in these Easter stories that always strikes me, yet I never get to preach on. 
And that's what I call tomb time. That time between death and resurrection. That holy Saturday time between the cross and the empty tomb. It gets slipped over in every gospel telling of the Easter event. Joseph of Arimathea buries Jesus in a new tomb. Everyone heads home for the Sabbath, Saturday. And I always want to linger there. What happens for all our friends that day? It doesn't take much to imagine, right? Weeping and sadness, disbelief and shock. The knowledge that the daily tasks of life still need tending despite the indescribable weight of grief and loss in their hearts. And the waiting. Of course, Mary and Mary and Peter and John don't have a clue what they are waiting for, but they do know that they wait. First to get back and give their beloved friend a proper burial. They wait for this new grief to settle in, to find its healing, they wait for some semblance of life to feel normal again. And the same thing happens to us when we experience the crisis of loss. We enter a time of waiting, a time of the unknown, a time in our own tomb, so to speak. Tomb time. It can be excruciating. It's all about waiting in the dark, figuratively and sometimes literally. We wait for the doctor to call with the full diagnosis. We wait for the interviewer to call with the job offer. We wait for the true love to show up after the disastrous breakup. We wait for the PNC to announce we have found a candidate. We wait, and we wait, and we wait. It is truly the stuff of real life. And most of us, or at least I speak for myself, are not good at it. Sometimes we know what we are waiting for, we just don't know how long it will take. Other times, like our friends 2,000 years ago, we really have no idea what we wait for. And every Easter, as I proclaim and preach the joy of resurrection, I also want to preach the difficulty of the Saturdays in our lives, the times that we are stuck in a tomb of one sort or another, waiting. It may be the most common human condition that we rail against. We don't like to wait. Now, it's hard enough to wait when we know what we wait for. It's even harder when we don't know what comes next. My time with you is ending, and I will not sugarcoat how I feel about it. It is hard and sad, and it is a loss. And it is necessary. This pastorate must end, must die, so to speak, for the new pastorate to begin and to take root. This interim pastor must walk out the door to allow the space for the installed pastor to walk in. And we will each then enter our own versions of tomb time. You will wait for Pastor Dan, and I admit that this sermon is as much for me as it is for you today, because I really have no clue what retirement will hold for me. There is a sense of unknowing as I wait for the future to unfold, for God to reveal what is next for me. When I studied preaching at Luther Seminary, one professor was fond of saying, every preacher only had three sermons in them. 
that every preaching event was really just another version of one of those three sermons that that pastor had. And at the time, I took that to be negative and critical, like, broaden your sermons, Leslie. Preach a different word this time. But over the last six months or so, I have become so aware that I really do have three sermons in me, and maybe that is exactly God's plan, that God gifts each preacher with those three sermons so that different folks throughout their career hear what God has to say, that that maybe is my call to preach those three sermons over and over. Now, I could put you all on the spot and ask you what you think my three sermons are after this year, but instead I'm going to tell you what I have come to know as the sermon that God has called me to preach in every context I have found myself. And it is this truth that we call Paschal Mystery, that new life follows death, and that that is the pattern of life. It is not just some event that happened 2,000 years ago or will happen to us when we die. And if we can cling to this truth of Paschal mystery, take it in and see it all around us, then we can better weather the storms of life that will inevitably come our way. When we trust Paschal Mystery, we understand that the death, the Good Fridays of life, do indeed hurt. They are painful, but they are not the end. And when we trust Paschal Mystery, then we can sit in tomb time, the Saturdays of waiting time, with hope. It's not easy. We can rail and cry and shake our fists, but we don't give up. And after we have experienced this a few times in our lives, then we come to believe that there is always a light somewhere, that death never has the last word, and that we always have second chances. And so this morning, I think we live out the Easter story together in real time. I am leaving And we can all share that we are sad about that, if we are, I am. I think if we weren't a bit sad, it would say that I hadn't done my job well. And so together we will suffer this little death, this loss between us. And then we will all enter Saturday, tomb time. You know how long you will wait. You will wait five weeks. But you're not quite so sure what is coming, are you? I'm not so sure how long I will wait until the new thing takes shape, but my life with God tells me to trust, and I will know what it is when the time is right. And then we will all have resurrection stories of new life to tell. You with Pastor Dan, me with a retired life that I cannot quite imagine this morning, but I trust that it will be good and glorious because I trust Paschal Mystery that new chapters come after what we may be sure is the end of the story. It never is. Now, none of this is to say that this is easy. Our little sprout on the bulletin picture here suggests the struggle it is even for a seedling to break through to new life. But the new life that we wait, awaits us is always worth the effort. So my prayer for all of you as you leave 
is that you hear my one sermon one last time and that you remember and cling to this pattern of loss, waiting, and new life because it is who we are. We are Easter people. Amen.